Well, good morning again to everybody. Good uh, it's great to great to see you here and at Liberty Hill, and um, great to see those that are visiting with us. We're so glad you're here. And, and I'll, I'll tell you before I, I get started today, we have a wonderful Sunday school teacher. I'm telling you, a wonderful Sunday school teacher, but he is not here today. <laughs> and you know, his uh, mother lives in Florida, and uh, he is uh, gone to visit, I guess, and to check on her. And uh, he, he's, he sent me some pictures yesterday of uh, some beautiful flowers blooming and talking how pretty it was. And I just said, texted him back and said, well, if I do, I'd go fishing while I was there. <laughs> So, uh, Brother Michael Oden is our teacher, and, and he is indeed, he just does a fantastic job. Yes, he does. And it's so, it's very hard um, for me to think about even following him in here today. Romans chapter 12, if you will. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Um, I have a right yes, ma'am. We have a wonderful substitute teacher. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Elaine. I, you know, uh, we're going to be talking today about some uh, spiritual gifts. And um, in, in Romans chapter 12, and um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to teach because uh, as I was charged when I was ordained as a deacon, I'm supposed to be out to teach. Uh, but really, uh, where I feel like the Lord is... Uh, is using me and where I need to be is, is helping with the church music, but I'm very glad to be part of uh, uh, backing Brother Michael up. Okay, so do you have a do you have a um, favorite chapter in the Bible? You got one you just call out my, my favorite chapter? Anybody? I like Exodus 13. Exodus 13. Okay. Anybody else? Job chapter one. Job one. Yeah. Romans chapter 11, verse 14. Yeah, Romans 11. If somebody had just asked me, Chris, what's your favorite, what's your very favorite chapter in the book? I think I would immediately said Romans chapter 8 because I really love Romans chapter 8. However, um, after, after trying to study and read some in Romans chapter 12, I'm telling you, it's got to be a close second. This is a wonderful book of the Bible, or uh, Romans, uh, a chapter in Romans 12, because, you know, up, up, till, up to this time, you know, we waded through a lot of lessons and chapters that talked about who's the Jews and who's the Gentiles and salvations by grace, and all of it's great. But we get down to, to this point in the Scripture and we really start thinking and talking about just good instruction for daily living. And I, I want to, uh, I thought about this as I was thinking uh, about the Sunday school hour and the fact that I'd be getting to come to church today. Um, you know, God's our witness. He, he knows our thoughts. He knows, he knows our words before we say them and he knows our heart. And I, I wouldn't say I'd rather be standing here teaching your lesson than anything in the world, but I, I can say this, and God is my witness. I'd rather be right here at Liberty Hill Church today than anywhere I know today. Now, that's just the truth. That's true. I've got to leave this afternoon, and I'm going to 
have to go down to uh, uh, what some of you would say is God's country down on the plains for uh, uh, for for uh, some classes I've got to take. I said some of them, not all of them. Uh, um, and uh, I'll enjoy that. Uh, I will not get to be here next Sunday. Pam and I'll be away on a on a business trip out of the state. And we'll have a great time. But I'd rather be right here as anywhere I know of. And Lord Amen. is my witness. That's the truth. I love that. Uh, I love that song in our uh, red book, page 46. Um, it's one of my all-time favorites. That I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. Uh, and that's the truth today. If you've tried, if you're a Christian and you've ever tried some other way of life or got away from the Lord, then you're going to come back and you're going to testify at some time in your life that the, the Christian way of living is absolutely the best way of living. Amen. Because everything God's teaching us in His Word is for our benefit. It's for us. God loves us, and He wants what is best for us. And so what He's trying to teach us in His Word is uh, to help us have the very best life that we can have. And that's what I want. I'll soon be 65 years old. And Brother Steve, uh, I, I, can't, I can't take back uh, some of the things I've done or said in the past, but it's really the desire of my heart to live the rest of my life and it to be the best of my life because uh, that I stay in close relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We used to sing a song at Cleveland, um, the choir song, and it was called Finish Well. Every day that I have get, been given, I want to finish well. Now, I'm, getting, I'm running rabbits here. We got, if, we, if we don't get started in our lesson, we won't get done. Uh, I want to start with verse 6. And last, last Sunday, we got started in this chapter. I don't know. We may have been here a couple of Sundays already. There's just so much that's good. Uh, but, but last Sunday, we talked about um, verses 1 through 5, and we might even got on down into 6 a little bit, but 6 is where I feel like that we ought to start today. So uh, chapter 12, verse 1, uh, we're admonished to give our bodies a living sacrifice unto God, and um, which is what? Our reasonable service. And Brother Mike taught us last Sunday that reasonable service uh, could be also interpreted our worship. And uh, we, had, we had the two columns on the board about service and worship. And uh, I don't know about, about you. I hope it's the case of you. I just thought about that all the week and the things that I would do in service. And, um, you know, I, some of you are in service-oriented occupations, as I am, and I've just about, by Friday night, I feel like I've about served myself half to death sometimes. <laughs> but when we, look, when we look at what we do is in, in God's work, and what we do is serving Him, and that we want to do that to the very, very best of our ability, it is our worship. Um, verse 2 admonished us not to be conformed to the world. Uh, verse 3, 
uh, taught us not to think more highly of ourselves than we should. And that's one verse I want us to keep in mind as we go ahead and talk about a little bit about spiritual gifts. Um, and then verse 4, what a wonderful verse. And I, I thought about a, a little children's thing. I don't even know how this goes now, but when I look back on the piano and see all the people here, and it just popped into my mind, something like here's the church and here's the steeple, and I didn't do my fingers right, did I? And here's all the people. Uh, it's a wonderful place to be, to come and to worship together. For we're members in one body. And our church, our, our church family uh, is equated to our own personal body, our hands and our feet and our eyes and the fact that every part of our body is so important. So there is no one, there's no one that's a member of our church that's unimportant. Amen. Isn't that great? Amen. Now, some may have gifts that the Lord has given that, that seem great or than others, but you know they're not. They're not. Everything that God has gifted us to do is of extreme importance, and we won't spend a lot of time there, but we know that some of the very smallest parts of our body can, can get injured or hurt and we can break a toe and it dramatically affects our whole body, doesn't it? And it's no different here in God's house when we look around and we see if we're missing people or if they're sick, it affects us because they're part of us and we're not here. Um, I used to uh, get wore out with this sometime. We'd go to Pam's grandfather Davis's uh, at Christmas and we would pack in a little house that probably didn't have any more square feet than maybe the whole house in this side of the church and um, and boy, before we had a blessing he was going to know who was there and who was not there and if everybody was there tears would just flow down his face because everybody was there but if everybody was not there there was just a little something missing and that's how it is here at our church. So we are many, but we're one body. And what a wonderful thought that is. Now verse 6 is where I kind of want to start today. And it's going to be, um, let me just read it. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is, that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. So I want to emphasize today that, that we're, in talking about gifts, jobs for us to do, special ways that God has equipped us, they are gifts. And so how, how would we describe a gift? What, what is a gift? Is a gift something you work all week for and you get a paycheck at the end of the week? Is that a gift? Yeah. No. That's not a gift. That's something you've done and you earned. But a gift is something that somebody freely gives you that has not cost you anything if it's a true gift. And so uh, we want to first recognize that the gifts of the Holy Spirit is something that is bestowed by God Himself. 
And so uh, we, we don't recognize as anything more important than the other, but we recognize that it is a gift of God. So I personally believe that every single person is gifted in some way. Now, the, uh, the Bible tells us here in Romans 12 about uh, spiritual gifts. We can also find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 a uh, discussion of spiritual gifts. And we can also find in Ephesians 4 uh, a discussion of spiritual gifts. But I've never felt like that those gifts that are listed there was an exhaustive list, that that's all the gifts they are. I think there's a, a lot of gifts, and I, in my heart, I believe that everyone has something that the Lord has gifted you to do. The important thing is, is to recognize it and to use it. You need to use the gifts that God has given you. And you know, you may not recognize in yourself sometimes what that gift is as much as the people that are observing your life. Uh, can look at your life and feel like, well, they have a special gift for, for this or for that. So sometimes listening to the praying, seeking God, listening to the people around us that God may send messages through um, is a way that we could recognize that gift that is within us. So we want to spend time developing that gift and exercising the gift. Um, and we notice, and I think this verse was mentioned last Sunday, Colossians 3.23, one of my very favorites, that with the gifts that we have, we are to use them heartily as unto the Lord. Yes. Heartily as unto the Lord. So in, in 6, uh, the first gift that is mentioned is prophecy. Let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. Now, I need help here. And I'm going to ask you to tell me what is prophecy? How would you describe prophecy? Come on now, somebody. I automatically think of the Old Testament when I think of prophecy because it's full of prophets. It's full of prophets and messages that they have, particularly to to Israel. But but what is a prophet today, brother? Brother, we got one prophet, priestly king, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it's talking about us, we we just to be obedient to the Spirit of God, uh -huh. to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, mm -hmm. and I was waiting for verse seven, brother Chris, for I, I I I I've been waiting since last Sunday because. <clears throat> up there in the previous verses, uh, verse 2, talked about how we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, but it goes on to describe that you may prove that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You could say that is that good, that acceptable, that perfect will of God. And then it goes on down in the next verse and it talks about faith. And, 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 and our gifts here. Uh, I'm not sure that, that the focus so much is on the different gifts, is that it is the gifts that God has given us. Let us exercise those gifts Use them. in faith. That's right. And Amen. that's the purpose. That's right. 
And, and when you said use them heartily, like it said over in the verse you just read, I mean, just quote it on down a little bit later in verse 8. It talks about doing them with simplicity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And one reason I went on verse 7 because it says in the ministry there. And, and so I won't stay in my lane in this lesson. So I waited from last Sunday to hear that we got there. But <laughs> That's well, right. I ain't read it yet, but yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't wait no longer. Yeah. Uh, but that word simplicity, you know what that mm -hmm. means? And, and I, I understand it because that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Simple. Mm -hmm. It means, uh, I think a translation, if we were to translate it, would be liberally. Mm -hmm. Would be it. But I believe that it. it's just mm -hmm. every opportunity you get. Right. Don't put an algorithm to it. Don't try to overthink it. Just be obedient to the Spirit, and you won't go wrong. Amen. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah. Right. Right. I've done my part. Uh, hey, you I'm join in. in. You, you join in any time, Brother Bobby, because, uh, you know, the what someone else might interject into the lesson may be just exactly what you need to hear today. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I did spend some time thinking about this word, prophecy and and about the uh, about we always think of the Old Testament and uh, but the prophet prophet Joel in one of his um, statements he he mentioned that your sons and daughters would prophesy and then in uh, I think we come over into the book of Acts chapter 2 and that scripture is recounted in the New Testament and it includes servants and your handmaids will prophesy. So to me today, when we think about, when I think about that now, is, uh, is a prophecy is a special message that God has given to someone. And so when, when someone feels that impression to get up in church and testify, yes. and God has given them that message, and they deliver that testimony, then they has delivered that message that God has sent. And in our, in our modern day or current day way of thinking, that's a prophecy to me because that's, uh, they're delivering what God has, has given them. And that's important that when God leads us to do something like that, that we do. So uh, to, to uh, Brother Bobby's verse, and Brother Bobby, you just wade right back in here. My question uh, was going to be what is ministry? What is ministry? Is Brother Steve and and Brother Bobby and Brother Chris the only ministers that are in the house today? No, 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 absolutely not. The original uh, word uh, for ministry is is I've studied here actually uh, it derives from a, a root word, the same word that we get our word deacon from, according to what I read. Now, I don't have the knowledge to know that. I'm just repeating what I have read. But, um, but what, we're all ministers to support the church. We're not ministers of the gospel. These men are the ministers of the gospel. But we can carry out a ministry in our life in, in many ways as we work to support the uh, church. We serve humanity. Uh, as Christians, we're bridge builders between God and humanity, a humanity that needs the message of God so very much. You know, I serve on a, a citizen advisory committee 
for St. Vincent's Hospital. And we have a branch of that here in Blount County, St. Vincent for Blount. And that's a nonprofit organization that uh, it really is steeped in the traditions of the Catholic Church. But when I go to a meeting and we talk about things that we want to accomplish or needs to be done, it is all referred to as a ministry. So to them, that's the ministry of health care. And so you have a ministry in your life. Do you know what it is? When you stop the thing? Just a thought, something to think about. What, what is that ministry? You know, I was able, we had some funding come down through the federal government and I, I wanted, with that money, I wanted to make some very impactful decisions for Blunt County. I wanted to think, what are the two or three or four things that could be done that would most positively, can't speak positively, affect everybody? What would they be? And healthcare is one of them, Linda, don't you agree? Healthcare is something we want to have strong and good health care. So we were able to partner with the health care authority in St. Vincent in a partnership to provide some additional diagnostic equipment to the hospital because we wanted to be a greater ministry to our community. And so I'm just using that as an example. You have a ministry. You have a ministry, and so I encourage you to exercise it. Okay, and verse 7, we talk about teaching. Um, and we know to, uh, to be a teacher certainly is a gift that, we, that the person given that gift needs to strive to be the very best teacher that they can. School teachers are gifted, I feel like, in a very special way. And I think we have retired school teachers in our presence today. One, two, three, four, five. Is there? I count at least five retired school teachers that's here in this auditorium today. I think that God gifted you in a very special way to do that. And the reason I do is that, that many people enter the teaching profession and within four or five years, they're going on to something else because they can't, they can't handle that. And uh, I became more keenly aware about that because both my daughters are, are in the teaching profession. And my youngest daughter, that's the uh, principal of the middle school at Hayden, is, is about to give her doctoral uh, dissertation. Now, Brother Steve, we've never had a, a doctor in the family. We hadn't had many college graduates in the family, and I'm not one of them. But she, but she did that whole doctoral dissertation on why uh, and trying to discover the reasons that teachers don't stay with that profession. And I just wanted to throw that out there because I know of all of our retired teachers here, and our teachers are people that we really, really need to daily pray for. Yes. I'm telling you, you... Um, we that are not closely connected that do have no idea the challenges of being a teacher and going home at night knowing the uh, condition 
and conditions of homes and all that some of their children are going back to. Now, we, we, we equate this with, more, with teaching and being a teacher of the gospel, of course, but I just wanted to mention that. So verse 8, uh, what does it mean to exhort? I want to I raise that question. What does it mean to exhort? Come on, somebody. Um, to, to edify or lift up. Encourage. Encourage. That's a great word. That's a great word because I think uh, that word really could be used interchangeably. So to exhort, um, the definition of that said uh, to strongly encourage someone. Strongly encourage someone is to exhort them. So would you say preaching is a, a way of exhortation? I, I would say some sermons are, very much so. Uh, yeah, yeah, but some of them, right, I understand it. But, but some of them are encouraging us as Christians, let's get, the job, let's get it done. Now, wasn't that what Brother Steve was encouraging us last week? Get in all the way. Get in all the way. And, uh, and quoted a, a, a saying of uh, Brother Bo's dad, one of our uh, beloved deacons who's passed away, to not be a haphazard Christian. So when you, when you get out there in the world and your work team or here at church and somebody says, come on now, let's get the job, let's get it done. They're exhorting you, they're encouraging you to get that done. So um, yes, I think um, preaching and exhortation uh, can be sometime interchangeable. One th I saw something that's very interesting to me in, um, in the, the, the Decoration Day at Lebanon Methodist Church, which is one of our old historic structures in our county, over on County Road 42, it's um, that, that structure is a, is a very ancient, or not ancient, but very uh, old structure in our uh, county. And so there's a little balcony up there, and there was a handwritten something on the wall that I remember reading when I was a kid. And so it, it seemed like that it was uh, the tradition at one time that the preacher would preach, and after the preacher preached, someone would exhort the con uh, congregation, which might be saying, uh, now, we've heard the message that Brother Steve has delivered. Let's take it to heart. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Don't forget what he's taught. That would be an exhortation of, uh, of, of that. So um, uh, the Latin words for exhort and encourage are very closely related. Now, I would say this. Exhortation is a gift of exceptional encouragement, and I think that is a wonderful gift that God gives. And you know, um, some of you may have, have done this study at some time along the way to discover what your love language is. is anybody, I see a few hands go up or a head shake. Pam, you're smiling. We did that in a, a training union class one time to discover what, what speaks to you as a person. And then through that, 
I had to admit, I really didn't want to admit this, but I had to admit to myself that my love language was words of affirmation. Now, if you, you can just brag on me and get me to do just about anything you want to do, if you'll brag on me. Now, that will get me in trouble because you don't have the courage or to, to say no sometime. Um, but... Um, uh, but those people that have that have a need for encouragement. And so I recognized that in myself, and I wanted to change that. And instead of being a person that craved or needed encouragement, I wanted to be a person that was quick to give encouragement. Now, I'm not saying I'm doing a good job at that, but I'm consciously trying to do that because people need those encouraging words. And who has not been encouraged by the wonderful testimonies that have been shared by this man right here over the last year? How could you not be encouraged? Bo, I thank God in this hour has given to you a special gift of encouragement to us. And so, thank you for exercising that. And it means so much, and I appreciate it so very much. So, people who exhort are people who see the glass half full. You see the silver lining. And hadn't you rather be around somebody like that? Yes. Oh, man, I had. What about, yes? I just want to say, there was this, back when I was working at Grandview, there was me and this other lady, we shared responsibility of being a charge nurse on the Jerry Psych unit. And she's, old, she's, she's older than me, she's retired. But, of course, I was kind of new to the charge nurse thing, but she was always encouraging me, telling me I was doing mm -hmm. a good job, you know, that sort of thing. She was always positive, and we felt like we were grounded. She was always giving that positive, positive encouragement. Even to say, I haven't been there since 18, and she's retired. But she invited me back in January to come eat, and just that she missed me, and you know that sort of thing was just. She's just she's got that gift, and she was mm -hmm. always talking about you know God, and we we shared that you know, and that sort of thing. But we can be that anywhere. That's right. In church. That it, did. Yeah. And, and that, isn't it so, it's just great to be around people like that and be surrounded by people. Sure. I'll tell you something. Our pastor is a great encourager yes. to me. Yes. I'll tell you, the messages that Brother uh, Steve brings are just so encouraging to me. Brother Steve, I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. So, so encouraged. Now I want to hurry because I got want to get done, and we're just trying to cover verses six, seven, and eight. Okay. So uh, let me find here. Sort of. Okay. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Um, so if you have the gift of giving, give. That's it. Give. Um, I know a man in I, I know a man in our county that I dare say gives away more money every year than all of us collectively together earn. And he does it with not for show, not for fa 
but he gets such a joy out of doing that and I can just tell he doesn't want to pat on the back he don't want any accolades at all but God has given him the gift of giving and he gives he gives I know you're talking about brother Chris and he has the same attitude that something the Lord showed me earlier you know, late last year wealth isn't determined by what you have right it's That's determined right. by what you're willing to give. That's Amen. right. Amen. That's right, Brother Bob. I want to share this with you. I'm afraid to... Yeah, somebody else got to watch the clock. I don't have any clue what time it is. I, I want to share this with you, though, about giving because this made such an impression on me. There used to be a family in Macomb, Mississippi, um, Mr. and Miss R.B. Nunnery, and they lived in Macomb, Mississippi. Does that ring a bell? Do you know anybody else that lived in Macomb, Mississippi? Jerry Clower. Jerry Clower. Yeah, and he and R.B. was friends. And they would come to see us sometime, uh, but they never called and said, we're coming to see you. They just knocked on the door, and that, there they was. And that, my mom and daddy was fine with that. People's not that way anymore, but we was fine with that. We, we loved company to come. But uh, R.B. lived out in a rural area out from Macomb, Mississippi. is a very, very poor area, uh, except for a few white people that lived there. They were mostly blacks. That was very, very poor. Now, that part of Mississippi, uh, there was a time that there was a, a, a number of oil wells drilled in that area that were indeed producing oil wells. They, they were producing. Okay, so Mrs. Nunnery was getting a little bit old, and what Mrs. Nunnery would do is when her royalty check come in, she had an old station wagon car, and she went to the grocery store and she loaded that car down with everything that she could get in it and she went about distributing that. Now, this is a true story. She went about distributing that to the poor of her community. And so um, all her children could see was that mama's giving away our inheritance. She's giving away everything that we ever hoped to have. And every dime that she's getting from those oil wells, she's spending it and she's giving it to all these poor people and they didn't like it. And uh, they at times tried to stop her from doing that. Um, and so she would not be stopped. She told them, boys, that, that's, that's my, those are my oil wells and that's my money. And as long as I live, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to give it to the people in our community who need it. Well, guess what? Miss Nunnery passed away. And I wonder if the children at that time were really sad that Mama had died or if they were looking forward so now we're going to get them royalty checks. Sure. All right. But there was something that happened when she died, and that was that those oil wells never produced another single drop of oil. Now that's a true story. I'm not making that up. And so let me tell you if, you, if the Lord has given you the gift of giving, give. And the Lord. 
You can't outgive the Lord. And Brother Steve, last Sunday in your message, I wanted to keep on to get up and say, uh, trust, try, and prove me, saith the Lord, and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Um, and that's... Uh, so I just wanted to share that with you. Chris, you, uh, can, you can see a true giver, uh, someone who does it because they want to. Uh, I had a, a good friend years and years ago, back when Elaine and I had two little kids, and we, we had four kids, we had money, and uh, a friend of mine at work one day said, let's go out and eat today. I'll buy and I said, Charlie, I'll, well, let's go. I'll buy mine. You know, and, and you don't have to. Well, you're not going to buy mine lunch. And he looked at me and he says, don't take away my blessing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That was probably 40 years ago. Uh -huh. Still remember yeah. that. Because he did it because he wanted to. Yeah. Sure. Amen. He right. was a true friend until we yeah. lost him two or three years ago. He was one of the dearest friends I ever had. Not because he bought me lunch one time, mm -hmm. but because he was that, simply just loved to, to help you. And, and, and when someone approaches you and wants to help you in some way, be gracious about it. Yes. Uh, I, I learned that the best thing I could do is somebody approached me like that, the best thing I could do is say, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, as a man, I don't like for people to do stuff. For yeah, me. right. But I've tried to remember <clears throat> what Charlie said, and, and and like you say, when people try to do something now, I say, well, you don't have to do that, but I do appreciate it. Right, so right. Much. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Uh, we're out of time. But I, can I make one more point? The um, I'm going to skip rule with diligence, but look at the end of verse eight. Show mercy with cheerfulness. Show mercy with cheerfulness. Alright, so first, ask the question, what, what is mercy? And can you show mercy with cheerfulness? It almost don't go together with our human nature because if you, if you feel... I, well, let me just say this. We don't take an offering in our church, but we have a box back there and people give as the Lord leads them to do. And so when you leave on, on Sunday morning and you drop something in the box back there, or, 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 and you know that money will be used for the ongoing of the kingdom of God and to help people through our vanilla. So do you do it with cheerfulness? Do you? I mean, we should. We should do it with cheerfulness. That's another one of our acts of worship. But you know, the human nature part of us sometimes could be, all right, I'm going to give. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give. And that's not what we're being told to do. When we, and when we see someone in help and that needs help, do it with cheerfulness. Yes. Knowing that, that it's the Lord's anyway. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to close by saying this. Pam and I had the opportunity this week to counsel with someone who um, had had a very, very <coughs> terrible week and uh, it resulted in them making a mistake. It was not 
a moral failure. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about they made a mistake in their work that caused some hardship on others. Um, and so this person was just beyond consoling about that almost. They were just so tore up about it. Wished it hadn't happened. Wished they could go back and redo that. So sorry. And we tried to explain to this person that, hey, those people will for forgive you for that. And um, by Monday, may have forgotten it anyway. Okay? And so we were able to interject into that conversation this. When you make a mistake, an honest mistake, and you need the forgiveness of others, you'll most likely receive it, especially if you express uh, your apology. <coughs> but the moral to all that was that we were able to share with this person, now the next time you encounter someone that stumped their toe, remember to have that same mercy and same forgiveness toward them. So show mercy, with cheerfulness. Amen. Amen.